The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. This evening, we continue our Bringing America Back to Life series. Tonight, we will feature a presentation from our 2023 convention. Our speakers' ideas will inspire you with principles, experiences, and wisdom as they join us to pave the way back to life through prayer, action, voting, and education. I am pleased to introduce Jack Posobiec, the Senior Editor of Human Events, a political news and analysis outlet founded in 1944. He is one of the most formidable conservative presences on social media and has nearly 2 million followers on Twitter. He hosts a podcast called Human Events Daily, which talks about how current events will impact our country today and in the future. Jack is a veteran intelligence officer of the United States Navy with multiple deployments, including Guantanamo Bay and East Africa. He has also authored several books, the latest being Antifa, Inside the Black Bloc. Jack supports Let Them Live, a nonprofit that saves lives from abortion by helping women in crisis pregnancies. A devout Catholic and outspoken advocate for life, his slogan for young people is Be a Rebel, Start a Family. His presentation, Family First Conservatism, aptly defines his worldview. He did the long bio. I know he was going to do the long bio. That's, that's a good one. You know, of, of all that stuff, I said, wow, this guy sounds great. I, I want to go see him speak, you know. But, but, but I will say this, that of, of regardless of, you know, Navy and shows and websites and, and Charlie Kirk and Steve Bannon and all this, the, the, the most important thing he said, the absolute most important thing he said was at the very end, that I'm a father, that I have two little children, and I'd just like to give a shout-out to all the moms and dads and grandmoms and grandpas and future moms and dads, maybe some here in the middle, that are in the room, because the institution of the family in this country is under attack. It absolutely is under attack, because the other side understands that... and and. You could go into long diatribes on, on why, why people want to attack the family. What is the nature of the left? What is their philosophy? What is the nature that would drive someone to support, uh, no fault divorce and abortion on demand, et cetera. But at the end of the day, it's very simple. It's very simple. They hate our society and they want to destroy it. And they understand that the nuclear family is the foundation of all human civilization. That is why they are targeting it. And that is why we must fight to preserve it. And by the way, you know, the pro-life movement, and, and I've been going to the March for, for Life since the first time I heard about it when I was in grade school. And um, I think that we're, we're so focused on activism, which is great, don't get me wrong, because as, as Steve Bannon will tell you, our motto on the war room is action, action, action. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't also take a time to celebrate our victories while we're planning our next strike. Eight months ago, eight months ago, Roe v. Wade was overturned in the United States of America. And how amazing is it? How amazing is it to be able to say that, right? It's incredible. And I remember, I remember being at, 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 cause I've done, I've done political operations. I've worked for the RNC and, uh, you know, different campaigns. And I remember being told so many times, it'll never happen. They said, Jack, it'll never happen. And, you know, we'll fight in the states and we'll do what we can, but you're not, you're not going to get this overturned. It's settled law. It's not going to happen. 
There's no way it can. Well, I'll tell you something. It took the efforts of millions of people, not just political activists, but prayer warriors and spiritual warriors fighting every single day for one singular purpose. And after 30 years, we did see that complete legal abomination destroyed. And it's amazing. It's absolutely, and it's, it's a testament to the power of this movement. It's a testament to the power of the people in this country. And it's a testament to the fact that if we focus on one goal, if we focus on one target, we can do absolutely anything. And don't let them tell you otherwise. That's the reason, by the way, you know, that's the reason that, uh, I want to, I used to ask people to raise their hands, but I don't even, when I ask this question, but I don't have to anymore. I used to say, how many people, you know, raise your hand if you've been banned on social media or if you've had a post taken down. But right, everybody's laughing because we all have, right? There's a reason for that. I always say when, when Instagram slaps me with a fact check or, or Facebook or Twitter has the community notes now, that's because you've done something right. That's because you've scored points. That's because you've done something that's created a threat to them that they want to stop sharing that out there. They want to put the brakes on you because they don't want that much truth getting out to too many people too quickly. And I say, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Absolutely. And I, I said this at CPAC last week and I'll say it again that, you know, if I'll put it this way, you know, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you're, you're, you know, and, and Bob's heard this one already because I said it on a show the other day. But you know when you you your phone has said, oh, you're you've got a new operating system. It's downloaded. There's an update. It's it's been pushed out, and your phone is now given this new this new branch. And I kind of wish that sometimes that I could push out a new operating system to the conservative movement and the pro life movement as well. That we don't need to. And, and by the way, I don't need to say this to people in this room. We don't need to be afraid of the other side when of the Washington Post, of CNN, of Google, of all these different things. I say if they're coming at you, if they're attacking you, media matters, these different, you know, all the different acronyms out there. If they're coming after you, that's because you've done something right. The devil doesn't focus on the people that he already has. The devil focuses on people that are threats to him. So if you are, if you are finding yourself in those crosshairs, that means you must be doing something absolutely right. And I would take it as a badge of honor. And I would take every single one of you in this room. And, I, and it's amazing to see the people here. I, I wish we didn't have to be here, though, right? I wish that this most common basic issue, this fundamental issue, the issue of life itself wasn't so threatened the way that it is today here in our country. And yet it is. It simply is. And not, by the way, just life in the womb, but we're, we're seeing now there's, there's threats to the right to self-defense. There's threats to the family. There's threats to our children. Uh, they are constantly trying, you know, if, if you can get a child through the womb, then, you know, they immediately start focusing on, uh, you know, trying to change their gender, trying to change their mentality, trying to mess with them, trying to get chemicals involved and all these different things in order to change the very fabric of their reality. So here we are finding ourselves in an interesting position where we are on the side of science, right? You know, this is the people who say, well, you don't trust science. Well, actually, we are the side that does trust science because we believe in human biology. We believe in the fact that, yes, there are, you know, there's, there's men and there's women, there's boys and there's girls, and that's it. And there's no changing, there's no transferring, there's no, uh, there's no situation where any of that can ever be construed for one or the other. So all we are is simply saying, we stand up for reality. And guess what? That's what the science says. There's two chromosomes. There's X, there's Y. This is the end of it. And so it's, it's interesting to me to see all this going on in our society. But I would like to take a moment because we are in Ohio. And I, I looked this up, and, and we're, only, we're only about hour, hour and change from East Palestine. And if we could just take a moment of silence, not just for the people of East Palestine, but imagine the babies in the womb that are there right now and the ones that will be coming that could potentially be affected. And I hope to God, I pray to God that they're not, 
but we should take a moment to pray for that town and pray for the unborn there, if we could do that for just a moment. Thank you. Thank you very much. And um, I talk about this sometimes. That So my, my wife was born in the Soviet Union, and she was born just one year after the events of Chernobyl. And I remember talking to her about what happened in, in some of these various areas. And if, if anyone's seen that, that miniseries, right, the Chernobyl miniseries, the, the horrific series, I showed that the trailer of that to my wife. And I said, hey, would you like to watch this? She couldn't even make it through the trailer. It was that emotional to her. And she said what got to her as well wasn't so much or I should say, wasn't just the fact that they show and depict what happened to the firefighters and the first responders there, but the fact that the government was lying to them, the government lied to those people, they covered up what was going on, they said, everything's fine, you can go out of your house, you're perfectly fine. And she said that she was, and funny enough, uh, well, believe it or not, the very first place that my wife got to when she immigrated to America was Rehoboth, Delaware. So... Uh, well, I don't know if she was ever hanging out with the Bidens, but she was, she was working on the boardwalk there. But she actually, the second place that my wife ever came to uh, after getting out of the Soviet Union, coming to America, was Youngstown, Ohio, believe it or not. Was, she was living in Youngstown. So when she saw those images and she saw those families, she said, that those are the people that welcomed me. Those are the people that taught me English. Those are the people that um, made me feel like an American. And... and uh, you know, she just felt very sad, so I'd like to convey her wishes today as well, if I could. But I said earlier that I, was, I wish that we weren't here. But at the same time, how amazing is it to see this many people gathered together for one singular purpose here this morning, which you guys could be anywhere else today. You could, be, you could be out with your families. You could be out doing other things. You could be spending time just, uh, you know, in, in our society today. And we talked about tradition versus progressivism. Our society today offers a false, a false goal. They say you can have whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can have your, your Netflix. You can have your Uber Eats will deliver whatever you want with the flick of your, your finger on, on a piece of glass in your hand. You've got uh, one-night stand apps, which are loaded, come preloaded on your phone, right? Every, all of these apps out there. And that's what they are. They're hookup apps. We've seen this. That is our society today, a disposable society, because our society does not offer substance anymore. And there is a reason. I talked before about the destabilization of society through the destabilization of the family. The family wasn't the first target, though, was it? No. They knew that in order to destabilize our society, there had to be one target first in the public sphere. And it's very obvious what their first target was. Their first target was God. Because they knew that if they could get God out of public life, then everything else would follow through. Well, I say, I think it's the opposite. And I would say to, to Friedrich Nietzsche, and I would say to all the other ones who say that God is dead, I disagree. God is alive. Christ is alive. And you can see that in this very room this morning, that he is very much alive. And I would even go so far as to say that he is on the move. And we can sense it, right? We can sense that what we are in, that what we are in goes beyond, you know, and I could sit here and talk about, you know, oh, there's this primary coming up and there's this election and that thing. And, you know, who's going to be this candidate? Who's running for Senate? Who's running for governor? Who's running for president? But we understand that the, that the partisan politics of it all, that's one level. The media, that, that is another level. I would even put that on a higher level because what the, what the media has done is create a false reality wherein, depending on which media you subscribe to, you might know what's going on in your world. You might not know what's going on in your world because a lot of the media is just designed, and, and we all know this, to, to misrepresent, to mislabel, to lie to us, to give us or spread falsehoods about, um, about people and movements in this country. And then you go and meet, I'm sure, by the way, we've all heard this, right? Uh, you know, 
uh, pro-lifers hate women and uh, we're all misogynist, we're misanthropes, and we, we want women to go back to, what is it that Joey Reid always says, the handmaid's tale, and, uh, you know, and, 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 and not work, you know, no women in the workplace, pregnant barefoot in the home, etc. right? In the kitchen. It's like, have you ever met an actual pro-lifer before? By the way, every time I go to the March for Life, it's mostly women there. It's mostly girls. It's, you know, it's young girls, high school, college, etc. There's hardly any. I mean, there's guys, but it's not as much. It's like, it's, it's literally like 60-40. And I say, uh, you know, and then you talk to them as well. You'll say, well, hold on. Well, wait. No, so... So, all right, fine. But if, if, if you say that we can't have abortion, well then, those, what about the men? Shouldn't those men have to take care of those families? And shouldn't those men have to take care of those children that they, that they, uh, you know, that they conceive and then raise them and take care of them? I say, I completely agree. <laughs> You've never actually talked to a pro-lifer, to a, just to a Christian, right? And this is, this is the place where as conservatives, I think that we more broadly can do more to talk about it's not just about the pro-life issue. It's about a holistic approach to building, constructing, and nurturing, really nurturing new families in this country. Because you look at areas like here we are in the Midwest, you look at areas like the South, you look at areas like the Northeast that have been economically pounded, just absolutely economically pounded by the decisions in Washington, by the decisions on Wall Street, the decisions on Silicon Bank, which by the way, with Silicon Valley, or I said Silicon Bank, with Silicon Valley, normally I don't applaud when a bank goes under, I say, oh, that's terrible, what think of all the people that are depositors, but when the Silicon Valley Bank goes down, I say, oh, that's wonderful. Think about all the depositors. <laughs> Those are the people that are funding the guys that are taking you down on social media. They're funding the politicians that go against us. They're funding the media that goes against us. They're funding all of these things. And suddenly it's their bank that goes under. And, and Molly and I were just talking about this earlier. By the way, I had one coffee this morning. But Molly, what kind of coffee did you have? Because you must have had... I just want like one cup of that and I'll be good for a year. And, and that's like, like, you know, we do the my pillows, right? Promo code Poso. And, but, but that's like sleeping on 10 my pillows at once. It's amazing. I have no idea what it is. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna take that into the laboratory. We're gonna study it. We're gonna find a way to get it together. But whatever Molly had, isn't Molly amazing, by the way? Can we get a round of applause? And I've, I've only just met her and, and, and I apologize. I'm, I'm, I realize what, what a dearth there was in my own life for having not known Molly before, but now we do, and this is amazing. So I'd, I'd love to come back, and what an incredible event you have here. What an incredible turnout this morning, and, and I, I say this at, at Turning Point sometimes, the fact that we have well, a lot of young people here. I say, you know, boy, when I was in college, you know, you couldn't get me before 9 a.m. You know, I was, I was definitely not going anywhere, and here we are on a Saturday, and we've got tables and tables full of young people that are here, that are thirsty, that are hungry hungry and want to actually do something about these horrors that we see going on every single day in our modern society. I think it's, it's wonderful because, and I alluded to this earlier, I didn't finish my thought, it's not just a political fight. It's not just a media fight. Sure, that's the day-to-day, -day, but we understand what's really going on. We are in a spiritual battle. This is going on on the spiritual level. And if you are a believer, and I, I think I'm in a room of believers at this point, you don't need anyone to explain it to you. You don't need anyone to explain it to you at all because you can see it, you can feel it, you can sense it. And that's why I think that, again, going back to my wife in the Soviet Union, my, my own family, we're Polish, we've seen this. Whenever one of these movements gets in, one of these revolutionary movements, and you could you can call it Bolshevism, you can call it neo-Bolshevism, whatever. What, like I said before, whatever word you want to use for it. What is the one group they target first? The one group they target first is the priests, the pastors, the religious. They shut down the churches. That's exactly who they target first. And when I saw those lockdowns in 2020, and when I heard for the very first time in my life that on a Sunday I couldn't go to church, that I could go to the liquor store, the liquor store was open, the casinos were open, Walmart was open, but the church was closed. 
They revealed themselves, and I think every single one of us know that they revealed themselves in that moment, that we know exactly who we're up against, and they were letting us know. They were letting us know that that's who they are. And I say, when people let you know who they are, believe them. Believe them. So, okay, fine. And I've even had, I was doing an event with, uh, with Craig Silverman, who is, who is one of the leading nation, national atheists, and he is, uh, he was the guy, if you remember in the 2000s, he would debate with Bill O'Reilly all the time, but it was, it was during the lockdowns. And I said to him, and he said, well, you know, church isn't an, isn't an essential, you know, isn't an essential business, so churches could be shut down. And, you know, of course, I get what he's saying from his perspective. But what I did say to him was I said, hold on a second now. Now, even though you might personally believe that, is it not true that in our Constitution, we have something called the right to freedom of religion that is a legally enshrined right in our Constitution? And as such, is it not permissible for the government to deprive us of that right? Because it is a constitutional right. And he said, you know what? I completely agree with you. They shut that down on purpose. They shut it down with a design and plan. They knew. They knew from the very start that it wasn't about saving lives. They wanted to protect you from going to church. They wanted to protect you. They wanted to prevent you from going to church. That's what it was about. So I even had an atheist agree with me on that because even he saw that it was a massive government overreach. And it's amazing to me too, because here we are. So the so Roe v. Wade has been taken away and God bless, God bless the judges that did that seriously. But how incredible is it to me and to everybody that when we see these, these rulings the same way, by the way, that I hear in Ohio, that the heartbeat bill has been struck down or there's an injunction on it because they found a right to abortion in the Ohio state constitution, which is not written anywhere. I said, well, wait a minute, the right to life is written out. The right to religion is written out. The right to keep and bear arms is written out. Yet you'll attack all those rights that are explicitly written in the constitutions. And it seems interesting to me that the only right that they can say, sort of discover just magically, they call it, they, they use a phrase, and the legal folks in the room will know, they, they say it emanates from the penumbra. Oh, the penumbra, really amazing. You know, it's like a, like a solar eclipse or something. Um, that it's, it's emanating, it's emanating right now, apparently, that this right to abortion, that I think if you went to the founding fathers, they would say, what are you talking about? It's very clear. Shall not be infringed. That's guns. There's nothing in here about that. And this wasn't a part of our history for hundreds of years, even going back to the colonial times. All right. And I think everybody knows the history of abortion in this country. It's only been in modern times that they've tried to do this. But just like the left will always do, whether it's, whether it's 1619, whether it's transgenderism, whether it's abortion, with whatever revolutionary movement, with whatever revolutionary issue they're trying to pressing, they always use historical revisionism. They say, we aren't the ones changing history. We're the ones revealing history. And this goes into, and I saw the chart there that people wanted to, uh, to focus on this. That's why they target your schools. That's why they target the children. That's why they go after them at such a young age because they don't know any better. And I tell you what, you know, for us, as for us Catholics, our religious ceremonies, we, we did the adoration last night with my kids. I got in late last night because we had the fish fry. I'm a Knights of Columbus. We had a fish fry last night at our parish. We're going to church, uh, tomorrow. Those, those are our worship, right? That's our worship. For the other side, you know what their sacramental worship is? It's drag queen story hour. And it's, it's these drag queen events where they bring the children in and they actually have, just go look at it. They have altars. These stages are like sacramental and sacrificial, I would even say, altars to their sacraments. Everything they do is a perversion of truth. Everything they do is a perversion of reality. And that's why if you're going to stand up for tradition and you can say, 
Well, you're just, you know, they'll say you're anti-progressive. They say you don't want to, you, you hate change, right? You know, conservatives are scared of change. I always hear that one. I say, well, there's some things you're not supposed to change, right? <laughs> you know, there's some things that are supposed to be a certain way for a reason. And there's a, there's a fact that these systems that were handed down to us in the bloodstream, these systems and traditions and institutions that were given to us were actually set up for a reason. And maybe, just maybe, we shouldn't have the hubris to go around smashing everything and destroying everything without having a little bit of respect for those who came before us to understand why things are set up the way they are. Look at the room we're in right now. Uh, the lighting, the wiring, the power, the fact that it's snowing and cold outside, but inside it's warm, right? We didn't design any of that technology. We didn't design any of those functions. They exist that way for a reason, okay? This is just basic, com- I, I, I laugh sometimes because I think it's just common sense, but I guess whoever came up with the phrase common sense must not have met that many people, uh, I think, because it's it's apparently not that common. They so said, I've got a new way to do this, and not to go off on green energy, but, you know, yeah, you get the idea, right? Greta Thunberg says, well, we're going to, you know, turn everything over and use the power of the sun and just kill all the birds and wipe out all of our environment to do that. It's, you know, you call yourselves the environmentalists. By the way, you know, you guys can tell me you're from Ohio. I'm not from Ohio. Has Greta Thunberg visited East Palestine yet? Have you seen her there? Has she been around? Did she fly into the airport here in Cleveland? Did she fly into Pittsburgh? Because I didn't see her. Funny how that works. It's just interesting to me. What was that? Oh, she's taking the boat. <laughs> right, she's taking the boat. Right, she'll be coming through. Right, 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 right. She'll be coming through the Great Lakes and coming down the St. Lawrence. All right, she'll she'll be a minute. She's cutting school anyway. It's 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 incredible. <clears throat> but we have these people with billions of dollars, and and I want people to understand that. Don't when 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 you get discouraged when you see things like and and I understand there's going to be a constitutional question coming up here as well. Understand. We are up against billionaires. We are. There are billions and billions of dollars. There are organizations. They are set, they are set up and dedicated to funding these causes to destabilize society. Because at the end of the day, and we do talk about this on the war room. I don't know if we have any war room fans in the crowd. A couple. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Steve is on right now. He was, of course, texting me all, all night and all morning already. Steve, by the way, Steve Bannon does this thing where he, um, I think Edison used to do it, where uh, you only sleep in chunks. So you get two hours here, three hours there, always on a MyPillow. And, <laughs> and so, it, you know, once you're in a, you know, once you, you know, once you're in his, his, uh, his text chain, you'll, you'll get used to getting messages from Steve at all hours of the night. Or if you follow him on Getter, you'll see that he's posting stuff and it just seems very, very aberrant schedule. But that's just how he is. And we, we constantly say that you have to put your shoulder to the wheel and that things are going to get worse before they get better because they are attempting to destabilize us. They want to turn you into a mindless consumer culture where it's, it's choose your own, choose your own adventure gender, choose your own adventure marriage, choose your own adventure relationships. And I think we know. I think we've tried that at this point. We can just say we've tried it. It doesn't work. Does it make society better? No. Does it make people happier? No. Does it make people more depressed? Yes. Is suicide up? Yes. Is murder and homicide up? Yes. So, None of these changes to our society, these progressive reforms, are actually achieving anything other than destabilizing us. But you get people that are so wrapped up in materialist consumption. What's the next Netflix? What's the next Marvel? What's the next Star Wars? What's the gender of the new Star Wars, this thing and that thing? It's, it's, and, 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 and I'm not attacking that stuff necessarily directly, but what I'm, what I'm pointing out is they want you to forget about what matters. They're chipping away at what matters because they want to sell things to you. They want you hooked up on your subscription for life. They want you hooked up to pharmaceuticals. They want you hooked up, which, by the way, the, a lot of the trans child movement, that's what it's about. There are That's a billion-dollar industry, hundreds of billions of dollars that they're looking at because if they can get the children younger, then guess what? You're in that pipeline for your entire 
life. You are now hooked. And if you see, by the way, Joe Biden and, excuse me, Admiral Levine, Admiral, want to be, want to be honest, want to be accurate here, Admiral Levine, you know what they're trying to do at the federal level? They are trying to make it so that transgender surgery and transgender procedure, gender affirming care, Right, I, lo- I love the euphemisms. Gender affirming care. I say I don't need gender affirmation. I look at my DNA and tell me who my gender is. Right, I can look at somebody's pelvis and see what their gender is. <laughs> okay, that's affirmation. You don't need. But but they're trying to enshrine it in federal law that health insurance has to cover gender procedures. Right. So that means, and you you guys understand how insurance works. Even even before Obamacare came in and, and ruined the whole thing, that we're all paying into those pools every single one of us, which means that every, that all of you in this room, when you're paying your taxes, when you're paying your health care premiums, your health insurance premiums, you will now be going to fund gender transitions for children. That's what they're trying to do right now in Washington, D.C. So if you've, got a, if you've got a group of people that's willing to go that far, targeting our children, and then making us pay for it, making us pay for it, you have to understand who we're up against. And by the way, before we get to questions, there was a there was a situation. I meant to mention this. You guys know John Stewart. You guys know this guy, John Stewart. You see the Daily Show. There was there was a moment, a viral moment, where he was having a, a debate on this, these very issues, and he was with a state senator. And I'm not going to put the guy on the spot. And I've been in those situations where somebody asks you a question and you don't have the answer on the top of your you know on the top of your mind. And you get caught up because you weren't expecting something. It was a gotcha, right? A gotcha moment. He said to him, what's the, what's the number one cause of death for children in America? And then they, they pivoted and started talking about guns. Well, I want to I make sure that every single pro-lifer in America never again does not have the answer to that question. The single greatest killer of children in the United States of America is abortion. And we need to make sure that we can answer that question every single time we are asked. It is not guns. It is not cancer. It is not car accidents. It is not COVID-19, the CCP virus. No. It is abortion, and we must, we absolutely must make sure. By the way, the study that he was citing, just to go off on a little bit of a tangent on Jon Stewart, is that the study that he was citing, by the way, and this is what they do. They always play with statistics. They play around. They mess. And so you must challenge them. You must challenge their assumptions. You cannot argue with their frame. You cannot accept their framing, their frame, their framology. I saw... There was a uh, you know establishment guy was asked about you know transgender bathrooms the other day and and he 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 choked he couldn't get the right answer out he said well I think we could have a maybe gender neutral bath no how about no right how about we try no how about one gender for uh, one bathroom for this gender one bathroom for that gender if we cannot stand on the very principles of reality itself then they will keep pushing the chains further and further so the study that John Stewart cited. It, how do you define children? Right? This is what they do. They play around with words. Well, they define children as anyone from one year old to 19. So at 19 years old, that includes the gangs in Philadelphia, the gangs in Detroit, the gangs in Chicago, uh, which are, which by the way, I hate to say it, but that's 19, 18. I'm from Philadelphia. Um, all the way down to 15 in some cases. So you're including all of those gang murders and gang shootings in with all of this. And I think we understand that it's not, right? It's not lawful gun owners that are, that are, you know, causing this, right? It's that is what's driving it. So if he's going to include all of those in, and just, just to, to bring it out because it, it, it happened, I guess, a week ago or less than a week ago. They lie. They will always lie. They have nothing but lies on their side. And we must question their premise every single time. Because here's what's great about being pro-science. And I've talked about transgenderism. I've talked about marriage. But it is science, by the way, that is on our side when it comes to abortion as well. Because you know what phrase you don't hear anymore? I've never, when's the last time you heard someone say clump of cells? It's, it's gone. 
right? For years, that was the first, that's clump of cells, clump of cells, clump of cells. They've dropped it because they've lost it. You know why? Because when my son, and yes, my son, not a clump of cells, was, I think, 10 weeks, maybe seven weeks, I've got an MP3 of his heartbeat. I still have it saved on my phone, okay? You are never going to be able to tell anyone that that is not a beating heart of a child. And that is why the heartbeat bills are so powerful. That is why you must continue fighting them. That is why you must overturn this constitutional question if it gets put up here in Ohio. That's why we must get heartbeat bills on the books in all 50 of 50 states. Because when people hear that heartbeat, they know, every single person knows, that is the heartbeat of a child. All right, we're getting, we're getting a little too serious this morning. So it's still early, you know, we'll save the fire and brimstone for when church militant is up here. But <laughs> I don't know if Forrest is around, but no, I'm, I'm, I love you, Michael. But I'd, I'd love to get to the questions because I did, I did say we would do some questions. <clears throat> well, before we do questions, I think we should give a big round of applause to Jack Kosobin. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we do have a little bit of extra time here so we can get to as many of these as we can. But I always remind you that if your card doesn't get read here, do not fret. Molly is going to have Jack on probably for a long time to ask all of the other questions. We have a stack here. Kate has been... Well, this, this is what I learned from... So Charlie Kirk told me that. He said, Jack, just load up on the questions. The questions are the best part. and Because he, he says... Because that's how you go viral. Yeah, no question. <laughs> So, so uh, Jack's, uh, uh, Jack's uh, interview with Molly, we, she will ask all of the other questions as well as her own. So um, We'll do it. Jack, we're going to start. We've got a lot to, to get through here. We'll start with this one. All right. About January 6th. Oh, yeah. Actually, beg your pardon. This one is actually multiple. Uh, we'll get to a January 6th specific one in a moment. COVID is over. January 6th was, an insurrect, was not an insurrection, and people aren't buying climate change narratives. Question is, what is the next threat that we should be warned, uh, that we are going to be worried about and have to be prepared for? Well, I think, I think in terms of our country, um, when, you're, when you're opening it up more broadly, is that I, I really do think that when we're talking about escalating war in Eurasia with a proxy war that we are in with Russia, which is a nuclear power, at the same time that if anyone's focused on on China, and I was I was an East China analyst, I'm a Mandarin speaker, that uh, at the same time we're escalating in two theaters, that you're talking about a potential two-front global conflict if we continue pushing this button of more war, more aggression. And so I really, really hope, and North Korea, of course, is uh, is absolutely off the chain at this point. So I really do hope that uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran just signed a deal what, yesterday, brokered by the Chinese Communist Party in Beijing by Xi Jinping. And so I really think people have to understand the amount of instability that is being injected into the global system right now. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank, I think, is a symptom of that. It's not a leader of that. It's a symptom of that. And with that instability does come the potential for war. And we are talking about nuclear powers. Jack, the next one is specific about January 6th. Was Antifa, and you obviously have a lot of experience on this as you've investigated, was Antifa at the January 6th demonstration and were we lied to? Well, it's amazing, right? So so I was, I was covering January 6th for One American News when I was there, right? Shout out to OAN. And there had actually been several marches and events, uh, March for the President, Save America, et cetera, from not prior to January 6th. It, there was November, uh, December as well, that I attended every single one of them. I spoke, I think, at most of them. And Antifa always showed up after the event as people were leaving, the same way they attacked uh, Trump's inauguration in 2017 that nobody talks about. Hundreds of people were arrested. They were then given an apology and a $1.5 million settlement from the city of Washington. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? And, and of course, uh, supported by the ACLU. And so uh, what, what was so interesting to me, though, was that on January 6th, 
That was the only time that any of those Trump events in Washington, D.C. had no Antifa whatsoever. I didn't see the guys in the black block. I didn't see them dressed up. I didn't see them coming and attacking people. I didn't see them doing anything. And for, you know, for my, uh, in my assessment, that isn't because they just decided not to show up that day. It's because they did show up and they were wearing MAGA hats. There are, in, by the way, in addition to, in addition to the numerous federal assets that were in that crowd. That's another great point. Jack, just a quick follow-up on that. There are numerous videos that have surfaced of people allegedly changing clothes out of their, their Antifa stuff, I've putting on their – yeah. uh, and, of course, they are being derided as being fake. You know, they're being manufactured. These are, these are not – you know, it's too green there for Jan- January in Washington. These videos are not fake. Can you verify or can you speak to the legitimacy of them coming and changing clothes literally into Trump gear and MAGA gear and then back into their, their other clothes? I've, I've seen all sorts of videos like that. I mean, if you were running an infiltration operation, though, and, and I, as to say, I've, I've intri- infiltrated Antifa, the one thing, though, is that you wouldn't need to change clothes on site, right? You, would, you, would, you wouldn't want to do that on site because people would ask why you're changing clothes. So um, that would be one question I have. But when I was there on January 6th, as, and I said this on War Room, I said this on my show, Hewn Events Daily, subscribe, um, that I saw agitators. And I saw, I'll never forget this scene as clear as day. There's a guy, green poncho, baseball hat, beard, who was going up to a, a couple, a man and a woman, middle-aged, little American flags, you know the type, who, who showed up and they, you could tell that they were just kind of there for Trump, right? They were, they're, they're Trump supporters, et cetera. And, this, this is at this point, the whole mass of people had gotten to the Capitol. But if you were behind those initial, like, like 75 to 100 scuffle at the front, you had no idea what happened because cell phone signal was all down. Um, there was no, barely any communication going on. And they were just sort of milling about, kind of not sure what they were supposed to do. So we've made it to the Capitol. We're here outside. What do we do? This guy in the poncho, though, goes up to, he's getting in their faces. You came so far. You can't stop now. You need to go in. You can't stay here. Your enemy isn't out here. Your enemy's in there. You have to go in. You can't stop. You have to keep moving. And they're looking at him like, like, hey, bro, we didn't come here for that. You know, buddy, <laughs> you know, we're not, we're, we're not those guys. And he was emphatic that he wanted them to to very clearly go into the Capitol, was urging them. And obviously you could see some people that did do that and doors were opened. It was a chaotic situation, but that chaos was inflamed by agitators. It was absolutely inflamed by agitators, people who had a specific goal in mind before they arrived that day. You had people who cut down those barricades. You had people like the one I just said. And I've looked, and of the, of the almost 1,000 people who have been indicted so far by this, you never seem to find any person in these charging documents that says, this was the person who cut down the barricades. This was the person who was saying those things. This is the person who was agitating. For some reason, all of those people, like Ray Epps, are protected. Jack, next question. What advice do you have for young men and women looking to date and get married and start a family? How can men and women develop virtue? Go to Latin Mass. That's <laughs> my that's my that's my go-to. Seriously though, if you if you go to Latin Mass, I, I mean, it, it, you will find it's predominantly under thirty. Uh, the folks that are there and the, uh, there's, there's singles, you know, my brother might be there, you know what I'm saying? Um, just, you know, shout out to Kev, he's down in Tampa. No, but it's, it's, get off of Tinder, don't go to bars, don't go to these. I met my wife in a Bible study, right? Um, we later found out it was kind of a setup, but, but, you know, you know, cause she was friends with the, the wife and I was friends with the, the husband, but, but we met in a Bible study, so um, go to go to fertile ground, go to fertile soil, right? And and if you're Catholic, absolutely. And even if you're not, just just go to Latin Mass, experience the beauty, 
experience the beauty that is Latin Mass. Jack, next question. What is your opinion on the compromises being made by the so-called conservatives on the abortion issue? Well, you know, it's interesting. And I will put out a nuanced view on this but because I'll put my, my political hat on here. I, I think that I think there's different states are in different places. I'll put it that way. Because I'm from Pennsylvania, and in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania is a weird state because we've got, you know, we're sort of a Midwestern state from Harrisburg to the West, and then we're like an East Coast state um, on the other end. And so you have these huge buckets of people that are trying to, trying to fight this out at the state level. So I think, honestly, the constitutional amendment is the in, in the state constitutions is a great way to actually fight this out because and people will say and you know, people say well you know it's it's not politically it's not politically sound is this is you know what I'm willing I'm willing to take it on the chin for a couple of elections if we're saving lives I'm willing to take that because I understand and I understand this midterms probably would have gone better I say you know what it's worth it because they keep saying we need to uh, we need to change the norm. We need to institute the new normal. I say we need to go back to the original normal. I just want regular normal back. And if they don't like that for a couple cycles, we'll be okay. Quick follow up. President Trump said about a month ago, a month and a half ago, um, that we're going to lose because um, of the extremist nature of the pro-life movement. He said that on the far left, it's birth all the way up, to, or excuse me, abortion all the way up to the moment of birth. But if we stick with the moment of conception thing, we're going to lose. He said we need to carve out the exceptions. How do you respond to that? Well, I, I think he's referring to what I was just saying, that there's, there's certain states that aren't quite there yet. But at the same time, I think I'm willing to take it for a couple cycles. If, if it, that's what it takes to save lives, then I'm willing to take it. Jack, what do you think is a major flaw in the pro-life movement today? A major flaw in the pro-life? Well, I, I think it's, it's I, I alluded to it earlier, but it's that we, we, we focus, and, and generally so, of, of arguing against abortion, why we don't want abortion, why we want to prevent abortion. But you're starting on the back foot when you're arguing against something. And I think that we can do a better job, as I just said, um, talking about what we're for. We're for families. We're for children. We're for babies. Who could be against babies, right? It's, well, I mean, we know who is. They're, they're down at, what was the town? Wadsworth. <laughs> Wadsworth. There you go. They're down there, right? Um, that we are the side that's for, that's why even though, even though I'm not like a gender reveal guy, I like it because you're just normalizing this idea of we're having children, we're celebrating it, we're celebrating gender, we're celebrating these normative functions in our society. So I think as a pro-life movement, we should also be pro-marriage, pro-family. And I, I saw a bunch of kids around here, right? They say, they say if, uh, you know, in, in, in churches, they'll say, if your church ain't crying, it's dying. And I would say the same thing about the movements, that we should be pro-family. And that incorporates, by the way, economic policy, that incorporate, which, which should be pro-family, pro which means pro-town, which means pro-Midwest, which means jobs here, not in China, not in Mexico, right here. That's, that speaks to immigration because you need to keep uh, you, you can't be replacing American workers with foreign workers and then expect wages to be able to go up and people to have families. So then pro-life gets rolled into that. And so we need to be more positive, I think, in a sense, about what we're actually for to explain it to those people that, look, the far left is never going to agree with us on anything. I'm not trying to talk to them. But I do want to talk to the people in the middle that are willing to have a conversation. And to those people, I say, look, I just want families. I want healthy families. I want happy families. I want economically uh, stable families. These are the things we want. This is what we're pushing. And if you go to that and you start talking about and some of these more, uh, shall we say, uh, Paul Ryan type Republicans don't like hearing about it, that you you are for, by the way, tax credits, you're for subsidies, for families, for children, for families that stay together, then suddenly you say, whoa, whoa, you can't use government power to actually help the people that we want. I say, well, Paul, agree to disagree. 
Jack, you may or may not know a ton about this one because it's specific to Ohio, but we have lost in this state six out of six state ballot initiatives. What change in strategy would you recommend to change those to more wins? So is that specifically on, on abortion or heartbeat? or I, I don't know what all the ballot initiatives, six straight ballot initiatives. Well, uh, six in the nation. Oh, in the, the nation, ballot, yeah. right. Oh, so this is not just specific to Ohio. Okay, apologies. Yeah, we want to know. I think the person wants to know how, what we can do to to win this time because in Ohio we need to win. Well, you know, in Kansas was another situation that happened in 2022 and there was that question because the Kansas I think it was like 60-30. It was this huge um, you know, it was this huge margin and I think one of the issues is as as silly as it sounds, it comes down to the wording on a lot of these things. The the wording is so important because they'll say are you know, are you for adding abortion, changing the language and they make it so confusing for people, regular voters, to actually get out there and understand which is the pro-life position, which is the pro-choice position. And so as the movement goes, regardless of what state it is, you do need to put money behind those functions to explain to people. So you say, you know, if the answer is yes, you say pro-life vote yes. And just have that at the ballot box. But speaking of ballots, this is something where, and it's similar question on elections, that I'm one of the guys who, if I can evangelize this to anybody, if you are in a state where you have ballot drop boxes, where you have ballot harvesting ability, you need to embrace this. Um, if they're going to put drop boxes, and this is in my home state of Pennsylvania, if they're going to put drop boxes outside of every liquor store, if they're going to put drop boxes outside of the lotteries, the convenience stores, and I say, you know what, I want a ballot drop box in the back of every single church. I want a ballot drop box in, in every ministry. I want it at the pro-life center. I want it at the gun range. I want it at every single place. I want a country music concerts, uh, you know, pop-up drop boxes, whatever it is. Because if that's the fight now, then that's the fight we have to win, and I want to fight to win. I want to get rid of all those things eventually. But if they've set up the laws in that way, then we need to fight fire with fire. Excellent. Excellent. Jack, our last question is a little levity, and I think you know the answer to it. Are you aware of the scientific study that proves when the left is lying? The scientific study? It's a simple, it's more simple than that, but when their lips are moving. There it is, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You got it. Exactly right. Ladies God bless everyone. Thank you so much for having me here. The podcast is Human Events Daily. God bless everyone. Jack Posobiec, everyone. You've been listening to Jack Posobiec, the senior editor of Human Events and presenter at the 2023 Bringing America Back to Life Convention. From the Median is listener-supported. Visit our website, fromthemedian.org, for further information or to make a donation to continue to make this radio program possible. Email us, radionews at fromthemedian.org or call 440-668-4049. Through our fromthemedian.org website, you can download this or previous programs for your listening pleasure or sign up to receive our weekly preview of upcoming guest interviews. Tune in every weeknight at the same time to listen to another great interview on From the Median as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. This program has been sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content.